So how are you all today? Are we okay? We having a good time so far? Wasn't Rosie cute? She still is cute. She was then, she still is. Um, okay, I'm going to dive straight in because we're going to be stretching the boundaries of time a little bit today. Just say, really, I hope you're enjoying. I'm not sure enjoying's the word. Hope you're enjoying the Dangerous Prayers series. Great message from Tree last week. I thought it was really insightful and challenging. I thought it was really helpful and encouraging. Aren't you glad that God loves you enough to take you through the process? So here's a question for you. We're five, this is week six, I think. Have you found your prayer life getting more dangerous? Or is it dangerous enough on a Sunday, Monday through Saturday, you're pretty much hiding behind the sofa? I'd like you to remember the premise that I started this series with, which is this, that your kingdom fruitfulness will depend upon, will be directly proportional to your willingness to pray dangerous prayers. If you don't pray them, God can't answer them. But when you do, that's when the fun really starts. And I'd say this, if you found your, your Christian life has become a little flat, maybe it's become stale or, or maybe even stuck, then the solution is to start to pray these dangerous prayers. To take a deep breath and to put yourself in the Lord's hands. Okay, so today's prayer is, Lord, bless me. Sure, we all pray this prayer. After all, who doesn't want to be blessed? You're wondering this, what on earth could be dangerous about the prayer, Lord bless me? To which I say, good question, I'm glad you asked, and I'm going to attempt to unfold that for you this morning. The starting point has to be this, praying blessing is entirely biblical. It's infrequently encouraged through Scripture. Jesus often prayed blessing over people, particularly the children, as he took them in his arms. Jabez's famous prayer, which Tree read last week, I'm going to read again in a second, was, was answered fully. He prayed 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. We know, don't we, that God taught Moses and the priests how to pray blessing. Numbers 6, 22 through 26, very famous prayer. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you Peace. Blessing is a powerful spiritual force. We've already exercised it this morning over Rosie. Praying blessing is the privilege of God's people. Praying blessing is the frequent prayer of nearly every human heart. It can be prayed in the storm. It can be prayed out of pain. 
It can simply be prayed out of a, of a deep sense, fulfilling a sense of a deep, unfulfilled desire for more of the Lord. It can be prayed desperately or calmly. It can be prayed in lack or in plenty. But either way, the blessing of God is a precious and deeply desired and widely sought treasure. And we all instinctively desire it. Proverbs 10 verse 22 says, The Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. All our work adds nothing it. Now our question for today is when we ask God to bless us, what exactly are we asking for? Are we asking for, for, for rose petals and chocolate hearts and champagne flutes? Is it for ease and comfort? Is it another way of praying, Lord, keep us safe? Is it a prayer for plenty and for riches? Is it a prayer for those warm emotional fuzzies? Is it, is it a prayer for personal success and glory? Is it the prayer that everything would work out for me exactly as I had imagined? Quick story for context going back quite a few years and I was standing at the start of a county cricket game with one of the mums, in fact, it was the mum of the young boy, they were young, 11, I think, about to go and open the batting for the mighty Worcestershire. And this mum was, was also a Christian. She, she kind of grabbed me by the sleeve and tugged me and said, right, Jamie, let's, let's pray favour over our boys. Let's, let's bless them right now. I'm quite sure what she meant. You know, I, I was thinking, if we pray right now, blessing... Does that mean our boys are guaranteed to score 100? I can tell you from bitter experience that's not sometimes, not very often. But here's the problem. What if the op... You've got to know cricket. Apologies to the Americans in the audience. Don't get cricket. There are a couple. But what about if the opposition opening bowlers' parents are also praying for favour? You know what? I always feel for poor God in this situation. Someone is going to be disappointed. You know, it's like, it's like, the, it's like our summer prayer. Isn't it a cricket one? Lord, please, no rain. Let it sun. It'd be glorious and beautiful so we can sunbathe and relax, enjoy the summer. Meanwhile, over here, you've got the farmer saying, Lord, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Who'd be God? So, what does it really mean to pray Lord, bless me. It's obviously not a shallow and selfish prayer because God never encourages us to pray prayers like that. There's clearly a depth and a purpose and a power behind that prayer. And so as always, we ask, what is it that lies just beneath the surface of those oft-repeated words? Lord, bless me. Indeed, the question, why is that a dangerous prayer? And I have three thoughts to unpack in varying degrees, increasing degrees of danger. Trying to break you in gently, the plan. And the three thoughts I'm going to unpack are this. Number one, praying Lord bless me means, Lord, please bring the promises of heaven 
into full fullness and reality in my life. Number one. Number two, praying, Lord, bless me, is asking him to transform you from a taker into a giver. And I'm going to explain this in a second. And the third one, in praying, Lord, bless me, you're choosing to lay down the blessing of this world in pursuit of the true blessing of heaven. Well, there's plenty of meat in there. Good job, we still have another couple of hours. That was a joke, by the way, in case you were getting worried. Number one, the prayer, Lord bless me, means, Lord, bring the promises of heaven into fullness and reality in my life. Ephesians chapter one, could read the whole chapter, it's great, but just verse three says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I remember listening to my, my brother John preaching on this and saying with a, his big disarming smile on his face, saying, that's a wonderful promise. I wonder when that's going to come to pass. And then actually pointing out two things. Number one, this, this is not actually a, a promise. There's no, there's no condition to it. That verse actually is a statement of fact. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And, and he also then went on to point out, if you, if you look at the tense of the verb there, it, it's actually past tense. It's saying God has blessed us. And the fact is, as, as believers, we are already blessed. We are already blessed with every, big word, every spiritual blessing. Blessed is, is what we have. Blessed is, is who we are. Blessed is, is redemptive fact. It, it's our new identity in Christ. And so we don't ask God to bless us because we are unblessed. It's not as though we are without blessing or, or even running a little short. We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. So when we pray, Lord, bless me, we're really saying, Lord, would you, would you bring those promises, the promises of heaven, would you bring them into, into fullness and into reality in my life? You're praying something like this, Lord, would those promises burst into life? May they increase in functional power and influence in me. May they move from theory to reality. May those promises be effective in my life in eradicating curses and, and disqualifying lies and, and healing hurts. We're really praying, playing, help me to, to live and to breathe and to think and to function in the fullness of what it means to be one who has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I'd like to take you back into the Old Testament for a minute. Remember Deuteronomy 28? I'm going to read. This is the 
This is the passage that unfolds the extraordinary blessing that was on God's people as a result of the old covenant. It's a few verses. I'd like you to kind of get the picture here. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1. I'm going to jump around a bit. It says, If you fully obey the Lord your God, carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations on earth. All these blessings, all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed, the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds, the lambs of your flocks. Verse 6, you will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. We have that in our house on a doormat. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction, but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns. Amen. And on everything you put your hand to. Down to verse 12. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouses bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. You will always be at the top, never at the bottom. If we were a Pentecostal church, that would be a great place for an amen. <laughs> now, those are, those are great promises. But now, if you, if you read in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that we have a new and better covenant founded on better promises even than that. So you do, not, do you not think there is just the slight, eeny-weeny, tiniest possibility that we are living beneath the level of blessing that God has for us? Is it possible we're living just beneath the level of the victory that Christ has won for us or, or the inheritance that his resurrection guarantees for us or, or the fullness and the wholeness that his promises offer? To us. So a huge part of this prayer is, Lord, would you show me what it really means to be blessed? Not at a, at a superficial or, or materialistic natural level, but blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Deeply blessed, supernaturally blessed, powerfully and permanently blessed. I want to dig that a, a little deeper. I'm just going to give you three facts about our state, our status here on earth. Number one, as believers, as believers, we have the undeniable, unbreakable promises of God. Ephesians 1 verse 3, we've already read. Hebrews 13 verse 5, never will I leave you nor forsake you. Philippians 4, verse 13, my God, and 19, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ. Romans 8, verse 31, if God be for you, who can be against you? Romans 8, 35 says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors in Christ. And verse 37 through 39 tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Number one, as believers, we have the undeniable, 
unbreakable promises of God. Number two, this world is in a fallen state. There is, Jesus said, there is a God of this world. There is an antichrist spirit at work. I don't need to convince you of that. And that antichrist spirit wants to do anything but bless you. He is, he is a cursor. He is an accuser. John 10.10, 10, he is a, a robber. He is a, a destroyer. And then point number three, those two realms are at war. And there's a sense to which, simplified things a little bit, that, that, that while we are still resident here on the earth, we kind of live with one foot in each of those two camps. Yes, we have the promises of God drawing us into blessing. But we also have a system, we have a culture, we have a real enemy with a strong agenda who is trying to pull us right out of it. And so a huge part of the spiritual battle is learning to live in the blessing rather than the curse. It's to walk in the light, not the darkness. To, to pursue the spirit and not the flesh. To, to choose life and not death and faith rather than fear. So, so we pray this prayer, Lord, bless me. We're asking, Lord God, would, would you sink the promises of blessing deeper into my heart? Lord, would you open my eyes to see what blessing is and where it is to be found? We're praying, Lord, teach me your way so I can live in fullness. I can live in wholeness. I can live in blessedness, just as you intend for your children. So, point number one, Lord, bless me, means, Lord, bring the promises of heaven into fullness and reality in my life. Not terribly dangerous yet. Let's turn the temperature up a little bit, shall we? Number two, the prayer, Lord bless me, is, is asking God to transform you and me from a taker into a giver. Little pearl of a verse. It's found in Acts 20, verse 35. Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So if you're, if, if you're really asking God to bless you, if you're asking for next level blessing, if you're looking for the real deal and the full caboodle, what you're really asking is, Lord, transform me from a taker into a giver. Whether you realize it or not, you're actually asking for opportunities to give rather than to receive. That's a bit of a different spin. We need to remember that, that if it is kingdom, it is probably upside down. It, it almost certainly runs counter to natural worldly thinking. And worldly thinking goes something like this. The more I have, the bigger my house, 
the richer my quality of life, the, the higher my professional status, the, the, the better my reputation, the more blessed I feel. It's a pretty understandable perspective. It's easy to see why people think like that. The more I can get, the more blessed I'll be. But Jesus turned all of that upside down by saying it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, this is where Old Testament religious Judaism, to, to an extent at least, had rather lost the plot. See, they failed to recognize that the blessing is not something to be collected. Blessing is not something to be, to be competed for. It's not something to be consumed. But actually, it's something to be lavishly spread for the glory of God. And the Pharisees actually practically redefined blessing to suit their own selfish purposes. Here's a big truth. You ready for a big truth? One of the key signs of spiritual maturity is, is not that I go into a room or, or into a situation or I go into a relationship, if you like, to get blessed, but rather looking wherever possible to be a blessing. It's not about seeking blessing for me. It's not about trying to suck blessing out of everyone else, whatever the cost. It's not about trampling people down to make me feel better. It's not about making sure that I'm the one who gets the attention and who gets the credit and who gets the benefits. Maturity says, I do not walk into this room to get blessed because I'm already blessed. I'm already blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. Maturity says, I go into that room to be a blessing, to, to, to add value, to, to enrich and heal and redeem and overflow. And of course, the remarkable thing that, that Jesus knew that the Pharisees with who he was always sparring didn't get was that giving rather than taking is actually the true source of real and meaningful and lasting blessing. You know, yes, we can pray this prayer at a superficial level. Lord, bless me. Lord, make it all cotton wool clouds and rose petals and chocolate hearts and cream pies. I'm not sure why cream pies came to my mind, but... But if you're really praying that prayer, you're actually asking for something so much deeper than that. You know, the blessing of God, the, the fullness of God, the river of God is put in there so it can overflow. And the Holy Spirit who is within you is both the blessed one and the blesser. And, and yes, the Holy Spirit may be at home within you, but he also wants to burst out of you to bless. You know, God fills you with his love, Romans 5 verse 5, so you can become a lover. He blesses you with grace so that you can become an agent of kindness and restoration. 
He fills you with his hope so you can be an encouragement. He fills you with his peace so that you can be a peacemaker. And he fills you with joy so that you can light up the room. And I'll try, I'll try and articulate this as best I can in the time I have. True blessing, not the superficial stuff, not the phony stuff. True blessing is found in partnering with the Holy Spirit. When you experience his presence and his power coursing through your spiritual veins. When the Holy Spirit energizes you to serve and glorify Jesus. When you take God's blessing straight into the middle, the eye of the storm, to the very place that the enemy is cursing. That is when blessing comes alive. And that is why Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So the prayer, Lord bless me, is whether you realize it or not, and now you do, it's asking God to transform you from a taker into a giver. A little more dangerous, a little more dangerous. Oh, for number three, number three is even more dangerous. And that is, it's number three, in praying, Lord bless me, you're choosing to lay down the blessing of this world in pursuit of the true blessing of heaven. When you pray, Lord bless me, you're not saying, Lord, make my life easy and comfortable. I think sometimes we pray that prayer. It's not pump me up. It's not, it's not fill my bank account. It's not make me look good. Because actually that is antithetical to kingdom. You're actually saying, Lord, Lord, take me from spheres that are easy and comfortable and put me in environments, put me in situations where that blessing becomes real and rich and active and deep and fulfilling. So, so not in superficial places, not necessarily where the world is looking for blessing, but in the place of true blessing. Do you remember Jesus' great sermon on blessing? The Beatitudes, Matthew 5, got to go there. Matthew 5, verse 3, blessed. Want to find out who's really blessed? Want to find out where true blessing is to be found? Take me a while, but we're getting there now. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Meek singular, but I'm sure it applies to the meek family too. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Here we go. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So as I read that, the question I'm going to ask you, be honest, is that where you go looking for blessing? Maybe 
For me, maybe the peace one, the pure one, are quite like those. Not so much the poor, not so much the hungry, thirsting and mourning places. Definitely not the persecuted, falsely accusing, speaking evil of me ones. And yet Jesus clearly teaches here, blessed are you when? And here's the danger. The danger is you, you inadvertently go running from the blessing, looking for the wrong thing. Looking for worldly substitutes or counterfeits. Jesus also said, Luke 9.23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. The place of real blessing is denying self and laying down your life following Jesus. In other words, making it about them and not you. Making it about, about kingdom growth, not personal promotion making it about what the Holy Spirit wants rather than what your flesh wants. We know those are often in direct conflict. There's an enormous blessing in taking up your cross daily. It's not necessarily very safe. It doesn't even sound particularly sensible to the natural ear. But that is the place of real, meaningful, sustained life-transforming, destiny-changing blessing. Choosing to lay down the blessing of this world, which is really shallow, it's really fake, it's temporary, in pursuit of the true blessing of heaven, which comes from a very different place and has very different results when we step into the realm of the Beatitudes, our understanding of blessed gets stretched, it gets enlarged, and it gets deepened. And do you know what? It is a dangerous place, but it's also where the true answer to the question is found. Okay, nearly done. Let's wrap this up. Are you ready to pray the prayer, Lord, bless me today? Do you now know what you're asking for? A little bit more dangerous than you thought. So, to respond today, if the worship team would like to come forward, please, that'd be great. I'm going to invite you as part of your response. You know, it'd be easy to kind of rush away from this, but just to dwell for a few minutes with three questions. Take them to the Lord this morning and see what he has to say to you. Question number one or prayer number one is, Lord, may your blessing come alive in me. Lord, would you make that blessing real? Would you sink it deeper? Would you fill it higher until it radically changes me? Prayer number one, may your blessing come alive in me. Number two, it is, Lord, would you, would you help me to see things through a different lens? You know, in Beatitude's world, it could be the very things that you think are there to curse you actually contain the deep and meaningful blessing of God. 
think on that one for a moment. Number three, I realize I got the order wrong here. Number three is keep maturing me, Lord, so I increasingly become a giver rather than a taker. Where I see a blessing as something, not something to be consumed, but as something to be lavishly shared. What we're going to do is, is the worship team are going to lead us in a response song. I'm just going to encourage you just to sit with those just questions for a moment. You know, as I often say from up here, out of my mouth come a multitude of words, probably too many, I apologize. The question is, what is, what is the one word that the Spirit of God has been whispering in your ear today?